Christ Church. It's great to have you here this morning. I want to welcome all of those of you that are watching online. My name is Justin Ross. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church. And today we are starting a brand new message series, and it's called I Choose. Um, because the reality is, we are the sum total of choices that we have made in our life. And we are going to make choices today that affect what we are going to be able to do tomorrow. The reality is, is our choices really, really matter. I want you to think about this for just a moment. Um, our choices uh, impact not, not only us, but those around us. Our choices have a ripple effect. And that's why we said, let, let, let's dive into a series called I Choose because our decisions really, really matter. They're really, really important. For the next four weeks, we're going to be making four very specific choices, four very specific decisions that are going to impact your life greatly. And for some, it may even transform your life and change your life completely. But let me tell you a little bit about next week before we dive into today. Next week... Um, we're going to be diving into another message, and let me, let me just put it this way. Let me ask you a question. Um, how many of you would say that you are a little bit of a control freak, okay? You can raise your hand. You're a little bit of a control freak, all right? Go ahead and raise the person's hand next to you, because that's what you like to do. You like to control people, so go ahead and just uh, raise that person's hand, too. All right, yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand, all right. Next week, um, we are going to be talking about choosing surrender over control. Choosing surrender over control. Today, I, I, wanna, I want you to imagine this with me. For just a moment, kind of put your imagination cap on, okay? So I want you to imagine this with me. Imagine for just a moment that everyone likes you. <laughs> imagine that for just a moment. Let it soak in. Imagine that Everyone approves of everything that you do. Like everyone just approves of everything that you do. And imagine for just a moment that everyone thinks you're awesome. All right? Let us soak in. Let us sit there a moment. Did you enjoy that? Enjoy that thought? Well, good, because it's never, ever going to happen. Okay? Never, ever will that ever happen. Not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone is going to approve of you, and not everyone is going to think you're awesome. All right? That's just the way it works. Now, I want you to imagine something that can not only happen, but I believe it's something that God wants to happen in your life. For those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, imagine being so consumed with pleasing Jesus Christ. Imagine this being so consumed with pleasing God that the approval of other people doesn't mean so much anymore. Imagine being so consumed with pleasing God that you, you care more about what God thinks than what other people think. And all of a sudden, you, you don't care so much about what other people think. You're really just focused on pleasing Jesus. Imagine that with me for just a moment. Imagine waking up every single day with passion and purpose in your life. Like you get up out of bed and you're like, let's go get some. Like let's, let's get after it today because I know why I was created. I have 
such clarity in purpose in my life. Imagine getting up with that kind of mentality, with that kind of an attitude, with that kind of a focus. Imagine knowing that you are doing what you were created to do and the approval of others that doesn't distract you. Can you imagine that? Not only is that possible, but I believe it's what God wants for every single one of us. I believe God wants us to have that kind of clarity in purpose and in our life. And it's a choice that I'm going to encourage you to make, and you're going to have to make this choice on a daily basis. But that choice is this. I choose purpose over popularity. I choose purpose over popularity. If you would just say that with me, okay? I choose purpose over popularity. You see, the problem is so many of us, by default, we choose the opposite. We actually choose popularity over purpose. And we get sidetracked and we get consumed with the wrong things about what other people think about us. Like, do they like my hair? Do they, do they like my clothes? Like, um, do they like my house? Do they like my car? Am I making enough money to impress people? Like, we start thinking about what other people think of us and it consumes us and it takes over us. And we try to do anything and everything to fill the emptiness, to fill the void in our life that only Jesus can fill. If you don't know the purpose of your life, what ends up happening is you'll end up misusing your life. Because you'll, you'll, you'll be experimenting with this, you'll experiment with that. You're trying to find purpose and fulfillment and meaning in everything other than Christ. See, the problem is, is so many of us, we don't know the purpose of our lives. And if you don't know the purpose of your life, you should ask the one who created your life. You should go to him and say, God, what is my purpose? What is, what is it that you have for me? But what we do so often is we go to other people hoping to find fulfillment, hoping to find our purpose in them, seeking their approval. Once again, do you like me? Do you like my hairstyle? Do you like what I'm doing? You know, I'm, I'm on social media, I'm on Instagram, and my friends are at this party, and I wasn't invited to the party. Why am I not with my friends? What's wrong with me? You know, we start just, in our minds, we get consumed with what other people think about us. Do I fit in? Am I good enough? Do I measure up? Do you approve of me? We're trying to find our meaning in what other people think, and we forget about what God thinks about us. That's what we should be consumed with. That's what we should be focused on, is what God thinks. I want to encourage you to write this down. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write this down. But the problem is, living for the approval of people keeps you from the promises of God. Living for the approval of people keeps you from the promises of God. Any Anytime we're consumed with what people think about us, we forget about what God thinks about us. And as long as we're consumed with the approval of people, we won't be living for the purposes of God. I want to challenge you today to make a choice because we are the sum total 
of our choices. Choose purpose over popularity. I want to give you an example of a guy who did this. He made the choice to choose purpose over popularity. And he lived in the Old Testament times, and the Hebrew writers wrote about him. And his name was Moses. And let me just give you some context. Let me just give you a little bit of uh, context about what's going on with Moses. Moses was a guy who was born in a Hebrew family at, at a time when the Hebrews, the Hebrew people were slaves. So Moses was born into slavery. He was a slave. And he, uh, man, this is a story in and of itself, but he was essentially adopted into Pharaoh's family. So he went from a guy born into slavery, and now he's actually living in the palace. I mean, he is living in lavish royalty and luxury. And even though he could have chosen, he could have made a decision to choose a life of luxury and comfort. Instead, he chose purpose over popularity. He chose calling over comfort. Moses was a guy who made the decision to choose purpose over popularity. Here's how it's stated in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 24. And this is so incredible, the insight that comes from these scriptures. Listen to this, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. It says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, he, he made a decision to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Sin is pleasurable. That's why we do it, okay? If you're not enjoying sin, then you're sinning the wrong way, all right? Sin is pleasurable, but it's fleeting. It only lasts for just a little while, and then comes the pain. The scripture goes on to say, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. I mean, listen to this. He chose, okay? He made a decision to share the oppression of God's people. He, he made the decision to choose purpose over popularity. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to enjoy the pleasures of this world. And then he says, he was looking ahead. He wasn't making a decision just based upon this moment. He was making decisions based upon generations to come. What if we had that kind of perspective? What if we had that kind of a mindset? When I'm making a decision, I know it's not going to just affect me. It's going to affect my children and their children. And I'm going to think ahead. Some incredible insight from Moses. Moses chose purpose over popularity. He chose calling over comfort. I think we can learn some things from Moses. Let, let me do something real quick. Let me just, uh, I want to try to demystify or uh, kind of defuse the word purpose. Because I've noticed as a pastor, and I think sometimes in church, um, you know, circles, whenever someone hears the word purpose, it kind of freaks them out a little bit, makes them all nervous because they think of like 
capital letters the word purpose. Like, what is my purpose in life, you know? Like, am I supposed to cure cancer? Was I supposed to be a missionary in another country? Am I, you know, what is my one reason for being here on this planet? And it kind of makes people a little nervous. But I want us to, to shift our thinking a little bit. And let's look at the word purpose like it was lowercase letters. Okay? Let's look at it moment by moment, day by day, year after year. And let's look at it from a lowercase perspective. You see, you serve God's lowercase purpose. In life, for example, you're talking to someone and you recognize that this person is is really down and discouraged. And you could say to yourself, wow, my purpose in this moment is to speak some life, to speak some hope into this individual and to offer a word of encouragement. That's my purpose right now in this moment is to speak something that will try to pick this person up a little bit. You may see someone who has a need. And you have the ability to meet that need. Maybe, maybe you can provide a job for someone, or maybe you could put some gas in someone's tank or a little bit of food on their table or something. And you go, wow, my purpose right now in this moment is to meet that person's need. That's my purpose. That's what God wants me to do right now in this moment. You, you may have a boss that you work for that's a psycho boss, okay? I mean, he or she, I mean, they're just... They're, they're a psycho. And maybe you're like, wow, my, my purpose in this moment is to pray for my psycho boss, all right? And I know Keith and Katie and, and, and Cody Moore, they're praying for me all the time, all right? <clears throat> but maybe you can recognize that's my purpose. Like, that's why I'm here right now is to pray for my boss. I just, I just want to encourage you, don't be overwhelmed by the word purpose. Think about your purpose in the moments of life. And then when I think you have that perspective and you begin to look at life as a, as a series of moments, I think you'll begin to recognize what Paul called walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. When you walk in the Spirit, you begin to recognize opportunities all around you. And it's not some big monumental, like, I'm, I, you know, big capital letters purpose. It's just those small purposes. It's speaking life into people. It's meeting someone's need. It's showing up when someone is mourning. It's, it's just being there and, and, and loving people in those moments. And you'll recognize, wow, they're all around me. There's actually purposes all around me. I lost my place in the notes. If you were wondering, you're like, wow, that was a long pause. Yeah, sorry about that. All right, let's move on here. I want to give you three thoughts, three thoughts for the day, okay, about having power in purpose. Once again, if you're taking notes, write these down. Number one, purpose diminishes distractions. All right, when you're clear on your purpose in life and you're looking for those opportunities, you're looking for those moments it diminishes all the noise that's there to distract you. 
uh, one of the biggest distractions that we face is the distraction of comparison, once again. And we, we get focused on what other people think about us and, 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 and what is she doing and why wasn't I invited to be a part of this or to be a part of that and um, wh- why am I not where they are? And, you know, we start focusing on what other people are doing and that's a distraction. That's the noise I'm talking about. Instead, in, instead of staying crystal clear on your purpose, you know, we get, we get sidetracked on, gosh, I'm, I'm not married yet. It seems like all my friends are married, but I'm not married. Or, man, I don't own my own home yet. You know, like, what's wrong with me? And you, you start comparing yourself to other people. Or, you know, they have kids, and they have a dog, and they have two cats, and I have one cat. You know, whatever it may be, you get, you get focused on comparison. It's the curse of comparing. You see, having purpose, it diminishes those distractions. One of my favorite examples is in the scriptures is the example of Nehemiah. Many of you are very familiar with Nehemiah, but Nehemiah was a man that was heartbroken because his hometown was completely destroyed, was devastated. And in, the, in this day, you had to have big walls around your city to protect yourself from attacking enemies. And his hometown, the walls were completely destroyed. His city was in ruins. And Nehemiah was heartbroken. You, would, you could even say he was um, experiencing some righteous anger about what was happening in his hometown. And let me just say this. If you're finding yourself um, experiencing some righteous anger about something or you're heartbroken about something specific, you should really pay attention because you might be getting close to some purpose. That's what happened with Nehemiah. So Nehemiah decided somebody's got to do something about this, so it might as well be me. And so he rallies a bunch of people to do something impossible. And they begin to rebuild his hometown, and they begin to rebuild the walls around his town. And um, if you could picture this, Nehemiah was on a ladder leaning against the wall, and he's working. He's putting the stones and the brick and the mortar, and he's rebuilding the wall. And these two enemies come. And and by the way, they're not working. They're not helping to rebuild the wall. But these two enemies come, and their names were Sanballat and Tobiah. Okay, if you're expecting, name your child anything but Sanballat or Tobiah. Okay, but that's what their names were, Sanballat and Tobiah. And they started cursing and making fun and throwing all kinds of insults at Nehemiah. So he's there working trying to rebuild the wall, and they're like, you're an idiot, Nehemiah. Like, your dream's too big. You can't do this. You're not good enough. You don't have enough help. You don't have enough money. What what, what are you trying to do? This makes no sense. And just insult after insult. You're never going to get the job done. You're not good enough. This is an impossible dream. You're, You're in a small town. I mean, what can you do being from a small town? You're in a small church. What can you do being from a small church? You're no good, Nehemiah. You'll never succeed. Blah, blah, blah. Just casting insult after insult after insult. And then Sanballat and Tobiah said, you need to quit, Nehemiah. Come down off the wall. Come down off of there because your dream is too big and you don't have enough funds to complete the dream. You're an idiot. Come down off the wall. All right, without raising your hand, 
How many of you have experienced that? And I'm going to guess that all of us have to some extent. Or all of a sudden, man, you're doing something that you feel God has called you to do. And then all of a sudden, these voices come out of nowhere in your brain. And it's the voices of discouragement and doubt. And it's the voices of, you can't do this. You're not good enough. Dream's too big. Are you, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? You're not smart enough. You haven't been educated enough. You, you're, not, you're not good enough. And you hear these doubts and these discouragements. It's exactly what was happening to Nehemiah. And he's working hard rebuilding the city. And he hears these voices of doubt and discouragement screaming at him. And he's up on this ladder and it's leaning against the wall and he's working. And Nehemiah turns to those voices and he literally says this. This is awesome. He says, I'm doing a great work and I won't come down. Come on, Nehemiah. That is so good. I'm doing a great work, and I won't come down. I don't got time for you. I'm not going to listen to you, discouragement. I'm not going to listen to you, doubt. I'm doing a great work, and I will not come down. I'm doing what I was created to do. I'm doing a great work. And I won't come down. You know, I wanted to share with you just a personal example from my own life of this very thing, something that I experienced. It was a, a few months back. Um, I was I've been trying to use social media a little bit more to try to connect with younger generations and and uh, you know just to try to use it as a platform for good and to spread some hope and light. And so I came up with this idea that I was going to do hope of the day with Big J. All right? Come on, people. It took me a long time to come up with that, all right? Hope of the day with Big J. You got to say it with a little raspiness in your voice, you know? Hope of the day with Big J. And so I, I wanted to just say some things to encourage people to try to spread some light, to give some hope. And you wouldn't believe this. Like, my mindset, my heart was to lift people up. But there was a couple, Sanballat and Tobias, that showed up in the social media world, and they started sending me IMs, you know, instant messaging, and they were basically hammering everything that I would do, saying I was spreading heresy, and I was just all about love, and, and you know, just and not about, you know, really holding people's feet to the fire, and I mean, just all this nonsense. Anyways, they were sending me these messages, and that's the way it usually works, just so you know. It's usually just a couple of them. You know, but it feels like the whole world's kind of speaking against you, but it's usually just a handful. And I like to call these people trolls, all right? Those of you in the social media world, they're just like trolling around social media, just looking to hammer you or to pick something apart that you say and and, and so they're social media trolls. And it was just a couple knuckleheads that were coming against everything that I said. But here's the deal. They actually got in my head. And there was a time there where I stopped making these simple little three-minute videos 
called Hope of the Day with Big J. I stopped because I was listening to the voices of doubt and discouragement. And it was actually through the hope and encouragement that I remembered from Nehemiah. I was like, what am I doing? I I can't listen to Sanballat and Tobiah. What am I doing? I, I can't listen to those two voices. And so I actually literally, I wrote about some of this in my journal. And I started um, writing about all the people that were saying, hey, Justin, thanks for that word today. That, that was exactly what I needed. Hey, Justin, thanks for the encouragement today. Boy, I needed to hear that. Hey, Justin, would you keep doing this? This is really something I look forward to every day. Justin, would you, would you please keep encouraging, keep spreading light, man, keep spreading hope. And I started realizing that the voices of people that were actually receiving some good things from what I was offering was really big. And the voices of doubt and discouragement was really tiny. And so I started tuning those voices out. And I started focusing on purpose. On where God wanted me to go. As a matter of fact, I found this little feature on uh, Instagram where you can actually go in and you can dislike someone or you can unfollow someone. And it still looks like your friends. (laughs) All right, that's awesome. So these trolls... They still think we're friends, but they can't see anything I do, and I can't see anything they do. It is so awesome. All right. We're going to move on here before we get out of control. Listen. Stay focused on your purpose, and don't listen to the naysayers. Be, Be faithful in the small, lowercase purposes of your life, those small moments. For example, some of you, you might be like, man, you know, this isn't like our one big purpose, but we feel like we want to get out of debt, you know, as a, as a married couple or as a family. And, and that's your purpose right now for this moment. So you're going to stay focused on that, and you're not going to listen to any of the naysayers. You know, they're going to say, hey, why are you bringing a sack lunch, you know, to work every day? It's like, I'm trying to get out of debt. Like, I can't eat out all the time. Like, that's your purpose. You're not going to listen to the distractions around you. Or for young people, maybe, maybe it's, uh, man, you're, you're going to make the decision to stay pure sexually until you get married. And you're like, this is, this is my purpose. Like, I'm going to stay focused. It seems like at school I hear stories, and it just seems like everyone else is going a different path, but I'm going to choose this path because, like Moses, I'm looking ahead to my wedding day, and I want to be able to stand across from my future wife or from my future husband, and I want to know in my heart of hearts, you're the only one that I've ever been with. I I want that. And you stick to that purpose. Maybe for some of you it's, you know, you wanted to be a stay-at-home parent, and you're like, man, I know in in the world that we live in today, it's like, gosh, we've got to have dual incomes and both parents work often, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But maybe for you, you're like, I... I just, I feel called to this. I feel like I'm doing a good thing. I feel like I'm discipling our children. I, I feel called to this, and this is what I'm going to do. Then do it. Be faithful in the moments. Choose purpose over popularity. Number two, purpose pushes you through the pain. When you have a purpose, it gives you the motivation to keep going 
even when it hurts. And we all know this, the pathway to your purpose is always paved with pain. Every single time, you are going to have pain in your life. You you will not be the exception to the rule. It was this way for Moses. It was this way for Esther. It was this way for David and for Mary, and it certainly was for Jesus. Listen, whenever we're doing what God has called us to do, the enemy will resist you. The enemy will come against you. And when you're doing the will of God, there will be shots fired at you. You will take some ridicule. You'll take some criticism. But listen, there is much greater value in serving God's purpose in your life than living for the approval of man. Let me put it this way. Serving Jesus will cost you. People will take shots at you. And when you understand your purpose, you will be able to push through the pain. You'll be able to push through the discouragement and the doubt because you're focused. Paul put it this way. He he said, I keep my eyes focused on the prize. Like that's where I'm going and I'm not going to get distracted to the right or to the left. I'm going to stay focused on where God has called me to go. Thirdly, purpose empowers you to please God. This is what Moses was able to tap into because he was serving God and he faced all kinds of opposition. He faced opposition from enemies. He faced opposition from Pharaoh. And unfortunately, he even faced opposition from his own people. But he was able to face that opposition because he knew the purpose. He knew the purpose. And it empowered him to keep going. He knew this is what I was created to do. He said, you you cannot talk me out of what God has called me to do. It's kind of like in the New Testament. In the New Testament, when Peter, James, and John were preaching Christ, and they were confronted by some leaders of that day, and these leaders came up to Peter, James, and John, and they said, you have to stop preaching in that name. And I find this so fascinating. They said, in that name. I mean, this was 2,000 years ago, but you know what's so fascinating is that even today, not much has changed. You you can talk about God all day long. You can talk about spirituality all day long. You can talk about anything that's religious. But as soon as you bring up that name, the name Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, people freak out. People start going, what in the world? Like they, they, they freak out. Why is that? Because the name of Jesus is above every other name. And there is no other name by which we can be saved. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess at the name of Jesus. So they told Peter, James, and John, they said, you cannot preach in that name. They didn't even want to say his name. You cannot preach in that name. And John responded by saying, we we can't help it. When you've been forgiven, like we've been forgiven, when you've seen what we've seen, you cannot help 
but talk about the one who has transformed your life. You can beat us. You can put us in prison. Um, you can even try to kill us, but we're going to continue to come back again and again because we cannot help but preach the name of Jesus because we want everyone to experience what we've experienced, and that is life transformation. Actually, in Acts chapter 5 and verse 29, Peter and the other apostles responded by saying, we must obey God rather than human beings. You see, they chose purpose over popularity. They wanted to listen to God rather than just pleasing everybody. Listen, you cannot please everyone, but you can please God. Listen to the words of Moses again from Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to read it again because it's that good. It says, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. And all the young people in the room this morning, I would highly encourage you to memorize those verses. It's an incredible insight. Adults, you can memorize these verses too. But gosh, what if you use that as a guidepost in your middle school, in your high school, in your college, in your, your life? What if you use that as a guide? I know one of my boys is in here this morning. He's probably going to roll his eyes when I say this, but I, I've told them a hundred times. If I've told them once, I said, man, your middle school, high school is like this much of your life. After high school, by God's grace, if you live to be 80, it's that much. So, so don't get so focused on, on this little piece, this little chunk of your life, that you make decisions that negatively affect this chunk of your life. And I know it's so hard, but Moses had the ability to look ahead. So he made decisions in these moments that positively affected this moment. Young people, make decisions thinking ahead. Not just in the moment, but look ahead and make decisions that benefit the future. That's what Moses did. That's what the Hebrew writers were telling us. So once again, you are, the, you are the sum total of the decisions you've made in the past and the decisions that you make today determine on who you're going to become and what you can do tomorrow. Your decisions, your, your choices really matter. They're important. And I just want to ask you to ask yourself, am I living for the approval of others Am I trying to please everyone? Or am I living for the approval of God according to His purpose? Listen, we cannot please everyone, but we can please God. So what are you going to choose? And I pray and I hope that you will make the choice. You will be able to say, I choose purpose over popularity. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the example of Moses. 
Nehemiah, Peter, and James, and John. And I, I pray that, like Moses, we would make decisions with a forward-focused mindset. We wouldn't get so caught up in the moment that we forget that there's, there's more to just this life. This life is not the end. And our, our decisions have ripple effects. Our decisions affect people positively or negatively, and I pray that we would make decisions looking ahead. God, I just pray that you would use the words that have been spoken this morning to encourage hearts, maybe to convict some that need conviction, Lord. And I pray if there's anyone here that's watching online or here in person that has never made the decision to follow you, Jesus, they've never made the decision to put their faith in you, Jesus. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Jesus, I want to thank you for giving your life, for for dying a brutal death, and for conquering death, hell, Satan, and the grave. It's in your name that we are able to pray. It's in your name that we are able to proclaim truth over our lives. So we ask all these things in your name, through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.